Thanks for tuning in to the Equip Podcast. My name is Jeff Chris. I'm the lead pastor of Gateway Assembly. We are so excited to bring to you some leadership principles and practices to equip you in your calling. We believe that you can do what God has called you to do. So let's get right into it. Hey, what's up, y'all? Thank you for joining us for another episode of Equip Podcast. We're here and we're excited for it. We're going to talk about um, this thought that we had the other day. Pastor Angela actually brought it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is something we discuss a lot in terms of a negative kind of connotation that comes with the word culture, which is what we're going to talk about. But we want to talk today about the positive things that can come with when you build a healthy, dynamic, um, fruitful culture. In your church, it could be a business, it could be in your family, and we're obviously going to apply a lot to churches. But anywhere that you develop it, it's going to thrive if you set up the correct culture that's going to honor God. And there's some crucial pieces. I'd say this right out of the bat. Um, If this is blessing you, would you tell us? It helps us. It makes us want to keep doing this. You know what I mean? Like, drop a comment. If you got a question, drop a comment. If there's something like, hey, talk about this, Um, whatever it is. Also, if you're listening to this right now, you can email us at equip at gwafamily.com. Are you guys ready to get into it? Amen. We have, like, our energy drinks, our coffee, and uh, maybe if you're, like, on a drive or something, you're listening to this, we're going to make this a packed few minutes where we're going to discuss culture, dynamic culture. Pastor Angela, as we, even before we start, tell me what was your vision? Like, why did you want to talk about this? What's the need you see? Maybe what's kind of some of the struggle you have? What is like the issue you see at hand, whether it's church's business, whatever, with culture? I just felt like there was a lot of talk about culture, um, but I never, nobody ever really shared with me like the why. What's the right. reason why you want to have an incredible dynamic culture. And that's kind of what spurred it on. I was frustrated a little bit with just hearing about people's perspective of what culture should be. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you're, there's something missing. And the thing that was missing was the mission, mm-hmm. you know, to me, that uh, people just didn't understand that the reason why you want to be part of a dynamic culture mm-hmm. is there's this incredible mission that we're called to accomplish. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I want all the the value. I want people to feel loved and cared for those are so important but the reason why you want that is so you can accomplish accomplish the mission okay so let's let's set this up i think culture is like this big hefty word and we kind of throw it around a lot right whether we're even talking about like the world's culture or we're talking about like you know in our culture as a as a business just set me up a picture and we're going to talk about some like three pieces that really help establish culture but before we get there Set up for me just what is culture to you? When you think of like this word culture and it's dynamic in a church, it's powerful. Like we talk about people coming to know Jesus. We talk about a team culture. We talk about all that stuff. What is it? Like let's break it down and just discuss a little bit what that means to mm-hmm. us. Anybody? I think culture is uh, kind of the life of an organization. So obviously we're we're pastors. It's the life of the church. It's the banks on the river. It's, it's what encompasses uh, the mojo factor and how the Holy Spirit works through the values and the mission and the vision. That's what I think it is. I mean, we've all been in situations where the culture was bad and it's just kind of like a downer. It doesn't, doesn't breathe life. But when you go into a, a, a church, you know, and I've been, I've, I haven't been in a service with you guys. I've been in a service with Angelo's church and just the culture, the life, the energy, it kind of points people all the same direction in a healthy, godly way. I, I don't know if that's a, 
a great definition for it. It's not very uh, academic, right. but it's more you can feel and sense positive culture. You used the word mojo. I liked it. So. <laughs> mojo? <laughs> a great way. Well, and I love what Nate said. Um, you know, I when I was a small church pastor, I would go to these large churches and I would see these dynamic services. They were alive. They were exciting. The people were into it. And, um, and so as I started to ask questions behind the scenes, uh, it has to start somewhere. You know, that culture of this, that the people are feeling, that the congregation is feeling. But even as a business owner to a parent, uh, to a pastor, wherever you start. Now, for me, 24 years ago, I started with just a group of people under 100, 100 people. And I knew I wanted that alive culture. Um, and, you know, we're going to be talking about the vision. But then when I first started, I started realizing what did I value? Mm -hmm. You can have the vision, but you got to have a foundation of what do you what do you want to value? Mm -hmm. And as I looked at the church, I looked at it. Where do I want to bring it? Where, what do I want to have 20 years from now? That's 20, good. 25 years. That's good. Now. I want, I want to go into that in a, in a second. Cause that's really where the whole conversation mm -hmm. is going to head. You said something that kind of triggered this question for you guys though. Give me an example of, um, maybe a call, a bad culture that you've been a part of and a good culture you've been a part of, whether that's like something you can say from your church or other experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> and then what I think we need to talk about is here can be the misconception. On the surface, things can look one way, and behind the scenes, they, they can be another way as well. Right. I think that's part of the conversation, too, because something that can look, you said you walk into like a, a big church, it's like, oh, they have this. That doesn't mean behind the scenes that everything is as healthy as even the way it can perceive to be. So I know that this is a, a tension that you have, right? And like yeah. the culture that people are experiencing, people are getting saved, you feel the power, presence of God. And it does have to start somewhere, but there can also be dynamics behind the scenes to take care of kind of more closer to home base, the team, whatever. What, it, what would you say is an example? Give me a story. Give me something to help people understand. Like this was, in your opinion, mm -hmm. bad culture or good either way. So I'm, I know of a situation where every staff meeting was let's review the weekend services and nothing was excellent enough. So the culture began to be like, Oh, nobody can do good enough. And it was kind of like everybody got a whipping at staff meeting and there was no sharing of the wins. There was no, it's just why the announcements didn't have good segues. Why the videos, this, why this, you didn't say this, right. Use this word. And it just get very, it could get very oppressive having that kind of culture where the culture where you're sharing the wins and you're sharing the vision. I mean, I'm not all like everything has to be excellent. We shoot for great. Sometimes you settle for good and trust God, right, right, right. you know, <laughs> that, that it could be very oppressive. And, of course, the lead and the staff really create the life of the culture of the church, mm -hmm. you know. And so it's so, wins over whippings is what we just wins learned. Wins over whippings, <laughs> that's yeah. What, that's what Everybody we likes a win versus a whipping. Okay. Get, get when I, when we built uh, our addition, uh, massive addition, like 75,000 square feet, when it was done, kind of what Nate was saying, I was, I was probably more of a rancher than a shepherd. You know, mm -hmm. there was a lot of pressure, you know, from leaders and directors and even my own flesh. You know, I just I wanted to get things done and I wanted to pack the place out. We 
incredible outreach center gym that we wanted to be filled up and it wasn't happening. And I kind of went in a little bit with the wrong attitude of being more, let's be productive and let's get this thing done. And I wasn't as relational as I needed to be. And so, I think to so, some degree I lost the team a little bit, but I got it back because I realized I, if, I, if I'm relational, the mission will get accomplished. So how do you, me- how do you measure that thing? Because this is what I was going to throw out to you is what if your culture is a culture of excellence? So how do you measure, show me the tension here, measuring between results and relationships. How do you measure between, at some point you need to correct issues and make them better. Sure. But then also you don't want to get caught in a rut where that's all you do. How do you not make it all about relationship and it's all you do is just like, let's hang out, guys. Right, right. Versus we also got to get stuff done and we want to be productive. And what if the culture is excellence? Where's the tension of that? Right. Well, I think an excellent culture is a great thing to go for. I think it's a little bit like a perfectionist. They'll, uh, if, if people have perfectionistic tendencies, there's always going to be a level of unhappiness. Yeah. And so I think when churches say, I want an excellent culture, it's how do you define excellent? Okay. And, and if you define excellent as perfection, there's always going to be an underlining disappointment. Yeah. And so I guess that's, that's so just what, my what take is, on it. What you guys is excellence? Can, what is excellence? You guys can disagree with that. I think we should define that. What I don't is think excellence? we should do things bad. Yeah, we... We yeah, always course. want to have excellence. I mean, what is that? Though? You know, Let's excellence that for people. And well, us. well, for That's us, good. you know, each church is different. That's good. Uh, you know what they what you want. You know, there's a one pastor I talked to that he never prepares a sermon. Uh, That's not excellent. <laughs> well, but see, in him, That's very but not he excellent. told me his excellence is just letting the Holy Spirit. Just move any way the Holy Spirit wanted to move. Oh, boy. You know, I'm not going to down him. That's his calling for his church. Uh, I know the calling for our church is I, w- I want excellence. I want to prepare. I pray uh, uh, for my sermons. I prepare my sermons. I work 20 hours a week at least for my sermons. Um, I expect my worship pastor uh, to do uh, prepare, uh, I expect my team to pray. I expect my team to prepare. I mean, I expect a lot of preparation leading up to the day that most people are going to go to church. Statistics tell us most people are going to go to church nine, ten o'clock on a Sunday morning um, during the week, and so we want to be show excellence with the freedom of uh, letting the Holy Spirit move. Uh, the Bible says, do everything decently and in order. Um, and, and so, you know, it just, but, but then we want to, behind the scenes, I've really worked hard at try to build relationships. I, th- I value that. I value relationships and not uh, using and abusing people. I think something that you just said, uh, maybe an easy way to define it that hits me, Bible says, whatever your hand finds to do, do with all your might. So excellence and some, you know, beauties in the eye of the beholder. In some sense for each church, as you define excellence, it's going to be what is our best. Because where one church could be highly creative, right? Right. And they have people on staff that can just produce amazing film content or designs or music or whatever. Another church could, their vein could be amazing with people and outreach and hospitality. And I think like you have to, as a leader, this could be, in your home, this could be your business, church, whatever, you have to, as a leader, define what is our best. 
Right. And like, sure. I, I do That's think true. we have to keep people accountable to what their best is, not necessarily what this expectation that it is unachievable is. That right. What is our best? Like, because what can I'm we do you, together? And, and we I, need 20, to do our best. 24 years ago? Yes. I could not have done what we do now. Yes. I wanted Your to. Your best was something different then. My best was something I wanted to. <laughs> Absolutely. But I knew what I had to deal with. So when we're developing a culture then, we're trying to gauge then what is our best? Mm-hmm. What does it look like when we present something before the Lord? Like, what does God value? I think that's yeah. one part of the conversation yeah. Yeah. here. Is there anything you want to say? Because I want to yeah, transition yeah, as a to the church, next part. As a team, we all have a purpose. We all have potential. Mm. So healthy culture is you see the, the purpose of that individual in that team. You know that that team can accomplish more. You can see more potential. Mm-hmm. They're not giving their best. They're not giving wholehearted. Yeah. Where, where the tension rises is when you try to make them perform. You know, I don't want to have a, a spirit of performance. Right. I want, I want their potential reached. I want, I want us to reach the purpose that God has for us. And that sometimes takes some pushing and that takes some challenge. How do you guys practically manage the difference between potential and performance? Like you have to do this versus I believe you could be capable of this. How do you guys manage? How practically have you managed I think a lot of that is attitude. It? You know, I, I know that sometimes I can get into a performance mode mm-hmm. and attitude and I'm not happy about that. And I'll have somebody, hey. Pastor, relax a little bit here. And really it is. It's my pride getting in there because I can see it's not sharp. It's not quality. And then I, you know, so it's just speaking into each other's lives and having a relationship to where we can say, hey, there's more in you. Yeah. There's more potential in you. You know, what's interesting too with what you're saying is I heard somebody say recently that attitude determines altitude. And it is interesting, like the contingent upon the attitude that you have, it will determine the potential possible. Not even just us as leaders, but people on our teams, let's say, if they have an attitude that's not willing to give their best or if if there's laziness, if there is like, like you got to turn like for me, like a culture that I would have is excellence. And so I'm partly even asking these questions because I'm trying to learn right now with you guys. And I think anyone that really wants to do something under the Lord, they're going to say that they want to bring excellence. And I think that's why we need to measure what that culture looks like. Because and again, and you, people reach yeah, and again, when you go back, when I go back, when we had a hundred people, um, and I didn't have much to draw from. Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of people to draw from now. A lot of outside, if I wanted to hire in and so on. I didn't have. We didn't have the finances. Mm-hmm. I had to deal with volunteers, and I knew how far I could push them. Right. I knew how far I could encourage them. Mm-hmm. I knew how it, I needed to back off. Yeah. But I built, and this is how, for me, how we have built culture here at Gateway, is I started with building relationships. Yeah. I really valued, I learned this from my dad, I, um, that if, I, if you build relationships in the inner circle, if I could say that, mm-hmm. uh, whatever God gives you, that it will blossom out to the church. And uh, I really valued in building relationships, getting, building a, uh, like I took, um, uh, for instance, real quick illustration. I took a guy that, in fact, I, my first year here, I went to this one guy that I knew a little bit. And I said, who could be my head usher? And I said, give me the meanest, think about the meanest Biggest, the bad, baddest, biggest guy you can find. You'll get some big offerings. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> and um, and so, you know, his name was Kevin. He used to be a bouncer. He just got saved oh, a year before I got there. And um, I went to him. I started building a relationship with him. 
Today, I have an incredible relationship with him. He's still my head usher. He has literally blossomed, but it started with relationship. And he would tell you that what built that culture that he has built now for Gateway and me through the security, the ushering, the outside, the I mean, it just goes different levels that he's built. It all started with relationship and also him knowing that I trusted him. And that only is built through relationships. This dude, too, to describe me, he looks like Mr. Clean without the earring. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Like, literally. Well, I like what you said about relationship because that is culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bad relationships, bad culture. Healthy, close, authentic relationship builds a culture that I believe the world wants in a healthy community. So relationships are culture. Yeah. Right. Our relationships with our staff, our, our boards, um, those head coordinators and volunteers, if all of that's healthy, there's going to be incredible, healthy, life-giving culture. When those things break down, man, that's when, that's when everything goes south. And so bad, bad relationships, bad culture. I, think I, I, I agree with that 100%. I was thinking on the, way over, on the way over here, had a lot of time to think as I got lost. <laughs> but uh, I was thinking Shocker. About, yes, thank you. Shocker. How many times have you been here? Uh, <laughs> so, anyways... Uh, I was thinking, I was just thinking of like um, uh, movies. I'm a, I love movies, right? So I was thinking of whether it was cowboy movies or <laughs> ghetto gang movies, but primarily army movies, right? Mm. I just love war movies. And, and, you, and you watch, what, what, what makes a dynamic movie is it's not just because they win the war at the end, right, or the battle. It's you, the, the chemistry, the camaraderie, right. the culture, the community that's built, and you fall in love with all these characters. Okay, however, doesn't make it a yeah, it doesn't make it a dynamic movie if they don't win the battle at the end or do yeah. something incredible at the end. So these incredible relationships that you're watching through this hour and a half movie, and then they accomplish this incredible battle victory, and it makes it a dynamic a dynamic movie. And I think that's the same way with a lot of churches. You want to have these incredible relationships where everybody's loving one another, valuing one another. We can cut one another up a little bit. We can tease one another. Nevertheless, <laughs> there's great relationships. We all have these different nuances and characteristics, but we get the job done and a mission gets accomplished. But, but in a healthy culture it. like that, where those relationships are good and things aren't excellent, and you know, I mean, we know when our staff right. hasn't done their best. Right, right. right. We can talk to them, and then it's not a big drama. That's right, right. It's not it's a big, like, oh, no. It's, true. it's just like, hey, man, just be yourself. Just do what you do best. It's interesting because when we it's were on yeah, Zoom yesterday having a meeting, like, just talking through content, <laughs> mm-hmm. me and him started talking about it and just <laughs> a normal. Fighting. And a fighting. Norm- <laughs> I was scared. What's funny is it was a normal conversation to us. Dude, you're Italian. What were you scared yeah. of? I don't know. I just want to see you. I didn't want to see What's you funny, and Dan. Though, it's it's a father, son, we were just I wasn't pushing scared. each other. No, we were literally. Scared. I was actually enjoying it. it was, we were literally just like. We were literally just like. Yeah, but I think it's this, and he's like, I think it's this, and it, it was like healthy yeah. dialogue, right? Yeah, That's all it was. But I think the point of that is the reason we could do that, and that it, and we could get results from that, mm-hmm. is because we have a, a relationship. One thing that I would say, looking at, I know firsthand watching your ministry more, obviously but even hearing both of you, is many times in the moment, you're not going to have the culture that you desire yet. Right. Like what something that I've kind of always said with people, and it's probably out there, I've heard it as well, is that culture is caught when it's taught. So like until it's exemplified, people aren't going to know even how what a culture is or how it's created. And many times too, you look at a business, you look at a, a church staff, or maybe even volunteers, 
like at the time you didn't have a dynamic usher team or security team mm-hmm. or you didn't have any of that. And so you had to start with relationships, start with building people. And then yeah. in that, something begins to get caught. A culture is caught from people. <clears throat> As we're not only teaching people, obviously, you know, Jesus and our relationship right. and all that stuff, but I'd even say this practically. Before we had teams on our staff mm-hmm. that could edit and shoot films, like this team right here behind the cameras and producers and all this stuff doing all this and all, like all these different cameras lined up, Cut to this one, cut to this one, <laughs> cut to that one. No, they're not quick enough. I was just trying to see if they could I mean, cut. When I, okay. I, my, my point, sorry, my point was, though, is this. No, you're going to say something off of that? Well, I look real quick, and this would excites me um, to continue to work hard at developing cultures because I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight people behind the scenes right now mm-hmm. running this program for us. That's good. I remember 15 years ago, it was that's what I was about me to say. Yes, yes. And my youth pastor. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Is like before you had that, you had to be willing to do it yourself first. Right. Many people, I think, just want without be willing to say, you know what, I'm going to build culture. I'm going to do what's necessary. But what this is what I find is interesting. All of you talk about now the culture you have now. You didn't once have that. You right. had to be willing yourself to build it. Meaning, teach it. What is taught will become right. caught because people. They are drawn to a dynamic, healthy, mm-hmm. fill the blank of what your culture is, culture. And when you finally are willing to put that out there, you're willing to do it. So it wasn't like, you know what? I need people to come do film for me. You were like, I'm going to do film. Right. As you did it, you exemplified and taught that without even people realizing it. They were like, oh, that'd be cool to be a part of. Yeah. And then now slowly, and here, here's what's cool about it too. It's a lot of young people behind these cameras too. Mm-hmm leaving their day to come and be a part of this with, I mean, I'm, I'm decently, I guess, decently young, but like with guys here that they're saying, you know, I believe in people that have even gone before me mm-hmm. that they've proven like what it looks like to build a culture in some way, even if it's behind a camera, I want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. I just think that's yeah. a testimony of what we're building generations wanting to catch culture. And it comes from the leads. I mean, we, we have the mic we the most the, of the time the in the largest gatherings, so we really build culture. There was something I did 25 years ago, and I didn't even realize I was building culture because we didn't talk about culture. It was just church growth, church growth, church right, growth, right, right. and evangelism and all that. But I began to say periodically in my messages that here at Compelled Church, and back then we were Bedford Christian Community, it's illegal to be mean. <laughs> like, that's not part of our culture. It's good. It's good. Well, that has carried through for 25 years. Mm. So even that's just part of our culture. Like if you are upset with something, you cannot cross that line and get nasty and mean because you'll be called down by everybody else. It's like, hey, he's being mean. That's not part of us. We don't do that here. (laughs) And so recently I had a newcomer attack me about an issue. And I just said, you're kind of new here. And so you don't understand our culture. You you truly do not understand. <laughs> <laughs> like, this isn't how we do things at Compelled Church. And it. you're kind of out of bounds because we just aren't mean here. We're not mean to pastors. Pastors aren't mean to staff. Volunteers aren't mean to leaders. It's just not who we are. And it does create a fun, light. And I didn't even know back then I was, but I was teaching culture. Right. Yeah. And Jeez. did it, you know, luckily. And it's it's created a healthy culture. That's a... Uh... Really, really good point. And because here at Gateway, from the get-go, it's been unity. We Mm -hmm. value unity. Um, I grew up that way. I made sure 
even my three boys, I always would say, if you're not unified, I'll kill you. Mm -hmm. And I mean, That's, we have to be. I saw that yesterday. the Zoom call that you saw yesterday. <laughs> That's why I was scared. <laughs> no. And uh, and I have brought that into the church. We unity uh, gets the attention of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. They were all in one accord. That's right. And man, the power of God yep. fell down. And how do you stay unified? You guys know it. We got a lot of different fires that Satan would lo loves to That's right. uh, bring up within the church, doesn't yep. he? And you go to each one, take your fire extinguisher, and you take it, you know, you put it out. Yeah, you don't let the fire get out of control. And um, that builds a another aspect that builds an incredible, healthy culture that the presence of God reigns. I love every Sunday, I love hearing people that are unchurched come on this campus and say, I don't know what it is about this campus. I'm crying. As soon wow. as I drove in, I started crying. During the message, I started crying. Uh, I felt something. Well, we all know what that is. That's the presence of God. Sure. And that's what unity also brings uh, if you uh, build that culture of unity. That's good. I, I would say I would say what, this off of what you said. There's so much when we're trying to be faithful to God's word and like when we're genuinely like because we fall short and we don't always lead the best. Like we talk about that, you know, mm -hmm. I love the humility that you're willing to just put that out there. Like, I know I don't always do it the best because that's the only way we're going to get better if we're willing to admit that we don't do it the best. That's right. But I love um, that even when we don't have the word for it, even when say you were saying, I didn't know I was building culture, I guess. Right. Even when we don't know we're doing something, when we're just trying to be faithful to God's word, All right. he is allowing us yeah. to do it. He's allowing it to be done. And I, I think every every church has to have that core value of, of unity. Mm. And uh, that's what Jesus prayed about in John 17, Lord, make us one. Yeah. And because where there is disunity, there's every evil work, man. Other people have yeah. their own agendas, their own values. They want to press them upon what God has spoken into our hearts and the vision that we have and the mission that we want to accomplish from from Christ. And Jesus yeah. brings that unity and... Uh, Man, that can't be compromised. Unity That's got to be a culture yep. and a staff and the church and a family and an organization. It's a big unity is a big part of our culture too. It's one mm -hmm. of our values. And our little tagline is unity. We fight for one another. Good. So when when we see somebody throwing somebody under the bus, we can kind of do what Nate said. We don't do that here. Right. We fight for one another. Yeah. Why are you mad at me, Pastor? Why are you why are you calling me out on that? Because you didn't fight for her. Yeah. Right. You know, right. you did just the opposite kind of thing. You know, it, it, mm. I heard years ago, I loved it, uh, you know, culture is what we allow and what we create, yep. you know, and if you allow inappropriate behavior, if you allow behavior that violates your values, you're setting culture. And I've had some seasons where I allowed some inappropriate behavior, attitudes that I didn't address, and I was setting culture. Oh, we can do that here in this culture, you know, and, but it's also what you create. You know, you're creating values and you're creating systems and, and you're creating unity and you're, and you're creating camaraderie and, and um, what's the other one word, uh, uh, collaboration and things like that. What do you create? I mean, look at Jesus. He was the greatest culture creator ever. Yep. I mean, there was a lot of bad behavior with them 12. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, I'm saying? A lot of bad behavior. Yeah. And, and he calls them out. Yeah. And he, doesn't, say, yeah. He, he doesn't allow it. You know, nope. no, because nope. he's got relationship. He can speak into their lives, mm -hmm. fix that behavior. Right. And then at the end, he can say, now let's do some incredible mission yeah, they're, together. They're trying to, they're trying to set culture up. Who's going to be the greatest? Yeah, right, who's right. going to, and he's who's like, going to sit next to you. Yeah. yeah. That's not the way it goes. 
the right. servant is the right. greatest. Right. He's, he, he realigned culture. The one that humbles culture. himself. Yep. Exactly. And, first but, will be last. Last will be first. The list goes on. But I love what uh, Angela said. A lot of pastors are weak in this area. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't want to call people out. Uh, maybe that person is a good tithe payer and they're scared to lose the finances. And they will be more worried about losing their finances than they were will about creating unity yeah. Yeah. and uh, in which creates culture because I've been in a lot of churches that is so disunified. Well, what I didn't mean to cut you off, but, something, <laughs> hey, but I did. No, Pastor Dave yeah. said do yeah. it. <laughs> something we, we say and we say it in jest, but we practice it is we haven't had a church split because we chip them off as we go. That's true. If you're going to create disunity out, it's right. It's, it's yeah. Well, and that's the part where it, we have it, to protect the body. It, yeah, it is well tough. It is tough, but yeah, we are called yep. to be that one that points the finger, the prophet, and, but that's, and do the hard, that's not even hard thing. Just a church thing. That's right. like that's business. That was that's going parents. like in our house when I was twenty-one. I was bringing disunity, yep. and he said, "You cannot bring this into our home." I remember. I remember. I remember packing my bags, walking. In the middle of snow, Come like on. just snow, uphill, pouring down. I walked all the way down the driveway, and I walked down. And I went, "What am I doing right now?" <laughs> and I walked back in. I dropped my bags. I literally, like the prodigal son, I went in there. I got on my knees. I was weeping. I could cry right now if I wanted to. Don't cry. And I was like, "I've sinned against God. Mm. I've sinned against you. Please, like, let." It was almost like, "Let me just be one of your servants." And he was like, "I've already slaughtered the fattened calf. Here's my <laughs> ring. Here's my robe. Come back." So you know, it's like. It really is that thing of like, maybe somebody listening right now, you are bringing division. Yeah. You could be, the, bring, you're, maybe you're, you're bringing division in a, in a home, you're bringing division at your workplace, you're bringing division at, at a church. Like, you have to understand that you have the power to see amazing things happen for God if you are part of building and giving into a healthy culture. Yeah. But you also have the power to destroy it. And yeah. I think yeah. like, it goes both ways. It's not just leaders creating. We have to understand it's like, team members and stuff like we have the power to like destroy it as well if we're not willing to get on board i i, I challenge my staff with those brilliant words from jesus you know do unto others as you'd have them do to you treat others the way you want to be treated because i was having some people that were frustrated with with the culture mm-hmm. i don't feel honored i don't feel valued i don't feel loved i don't feel cared for and i would be like can i just be real with you i don't sense that you're caring for people on the team right you're surely not showing honor you're very disrespectful and you've been late for the last four meetings, you know? So treat us the way you want to be treated. That establishes culture. Can we good. speak into That's this? Good. I want to end with this last thought here. Um, Cause this is definitely a part two. I think with this conversation needs to continue and I'd even throw this out. Uh, if you're listening, I think our next part, you guys are throwing out a lot of words like values, vision, okay. part two, we talk mm-hmm. about a, a dynamic, a dynamic culture, things like that. It's going to take, Vision, I'm sorry, value first, let's say. We'll talk about that. Vision and then mission. How would we break that down? How do we create a healthy, dynamic, powerful culture? Those three things. That's what we'll talk about in the next episode. Value, vision, and mission. But And with this, just speak to this question. What misconceptions do you think that people have about building a healthy culture? Because Because of our social media culture, and you can see churches online. It's like, oh man, if we, if our church was like this, or if our business was like this, what do you think people are are reading into? Because I just, I just got asked to speak at an opportunity here recently, 
and I was like, you know, I don't travel and do this. Like I, I've traveled and led worship, but I'm just a pastor. I'm just, I just preach every week and stuff here. He goes, no, I, I've seen you preach on Instagram. I'm like, Instagram is a liar. I said, we cut up a one minute reel of my best moment of preaching. And that's what we put up. And that's what we show people. He's yeah. like, he's like, yeah, you're right. Instagram's a liar, but I still want to have you come. And so it's like in this culture, this day and age, there's misconceptions of what true healthy culture can be. What misconceptions do you think people could have where it looks good on the outside and we can make it look good to the public eye and we can make it look good on social media, but that doesn't mean on the inside it's actually healthy. Any thoughts you have on that? I think if some people think if you just will it, it's going to happen, or just because you're a church, you're going to have a healthy culture. It takes hard work and it takes incredible character and integrity from the leaders that's really good yeah and when you have that then you have the anointing because character integrity humility attract the the holy spirit mm. yeah. it's not all just nuts and bolts there is a mystical anointing a supernatural touch of god on a wonderful culture and we can't discount that just because you have a church and you're a pastor doesn't mean it's going to just fall right. he said place. hard work too can you guys uh, anyone elaborate I, on hard work yeah i just want to share a similar thing you know here at gateway um we have created a i believe a incredible family culture mm -hmm. uh, of unity and so on where we have people i have people come to me all the time i just want to live here i just want to work here how can i work here and what they see on a sunday mm -hmm. uh is not a lie it's we love what we do. Yeah. You know, who's ever preaching or if it's me or our worship. I mean, the whole team, we literally love what we do. But then what's scary is, and I've been at this long enough to test it, where then this individual finally worked their way in and they realize, oh, we're humans. Oh, uh, they're going to get offended. Oh, we offend each other. <laughs> We don't mean it. Oh, we hurt each other. We don't mean it, but we're humans, mm -hmm. you know, and um, and we work through it. You know, we learn to work through it just like we, you should in your marriage, just like you should in, uh, with your children or whatever it may be. We learn to work through things. And um, and then along that line, as a pastor, I have to be very careful with to let Certain people into, if I can call it certain levels, we have all these different levels of leadership because they're, they're being tested yeah. all along the way. Because we've had some that all of a sudden decide, you know what, I can do church better than you, Pastor. I can lead better than you, Pastor, or Pastor yeah. Dave, or whatever. And uh, I think we have to be so careful to protect our culture and uh, and. Uh, to, you know, even as a, if it's a small business or a small church and so on, uh, we can become very desperate to get people in, but still be very careful on how to protect Good. that culture. I mean, I wanted to just talk about the hard work concept because I had, I had a young person one time wanted to come to take the child to work day with me. They're like, I just want to be there with you. They finished the whole day and I said, how was it? What did you think? And everything they said, I'm confused. I thought that all that you guys did was pray and read your Bible all day. <laughs> and I was like, me too. We wish. Yeah, I was like, that's what I'd like to <laughs> That'd do too. That'd be awesome. But people have this misconception, really, you said hard work, of, yep. of really blood, sweat, and tears. Yep. Can you speak to that at all? Do you have any thoughts on that or anybody? 
Yeah, I think of uh, I think of John 15, where where Jesus is, you know, talking about abiding in the vine. There's the relationship, and the first five or six verses are all about relationship. Apart from me, you can't do nothing. You're going to be fruitful if you stay connected to me. But he gets pretty tough towards the end there. Mm. <laughs> you read a little bit more in John 15. <laughs> if you're not if you're not fruitful, mm. you know, which and you're going to get fruitful by being productive, by being don't ha- work, you hard. don't eat. Yeah. Huh? yeah, don't work, you don't eat. If you're not fruitful, I'll, I'll, I'll cut you off and throw you in the fire kind of a thing. So there's this misconception of, you know, culture is going to be just loving, relational. Right. We're just going to care for one another. It starts there. Without that, you can't get the results. There's no doubt about yeah. it. At the same time, people need to understand that there is a mission to accomplish, and Jesus yeah. is passionate about it. And when we don't accomplish right. it, he'll cut you off. Yeah. You know, so establish the relationship, establish the love, the care, the abiding, but at the same time, results are important to Jesus. I think a couple of takeaways from things they've said that I'll just recap is, is one, every family, organization, business, church is going to have a different culture. You have to determine what that culture is going to be. We got to come to the word of God, see what God values, which is what we're going to talk about in this next episode, sure. like what God values, how we cast vision, what we do with that then from there with mission. But really in the end, it's coming to understanding culture is going to look different everywhere you go. You have to determine that. But in the same sense, whether you're talking about unity, whether you're talking about hard work, whether you're talking about relationship, whatever it is, it's really going to come to a point of you determining where this is going to go. Like, I I feel like when we talk about that with vision, you guys are going to have a lot to say. Like, where do we determine the direction of where things are going to go as we're like establishing um, a culture? I think that hits hard. John 15, we want to be people that are fruitful. And I think, I think because of this Instagram, TikTok culture, like not to go off on like a tangent there, but because of that, it really has numbed people to the understanding of what it's like to truly have to blood, sweat, tears, prayer, relationships, loving people, giving your heart to somebody. And then they decide to, you know, not be around anymore. And like you sacrifice all all of it, everything that goes into really developing a culture, culture, it's understanding like it doesn't happen in a one minute reel on Instagram. It yeah. doesn't happen in a one minute clip on TikTok. It doesn't happen on a YouTube video. Right. Yes, it, I mean, it happens. All of us have been at our churches for decades. You just don't get the culture that we have by throwing a sign out there. It's years of faithfulness, hard work, the blood, sweat, the tears, the trials, uh, the realignments, mm-hmm. the exactly. repenting. Oh, the, yeah, it's good. And you just got to keep at it, man. Yeah. Well, it took you Jesus three years to build it. a dynamic culture. And you get people on your team that want it in three weeks. Yeah. Well, and then he still had somebody on his team that betrayed him. Hello. You know, I mean, (laughs) it just, it takes, this is where the, so many pastors and people even go wrong. Um, But it just takes, like we were talking about hard work. I mean, it takes so much hard work, so much, you know, I I get, I get tired of um, hearing some pastors of, you know, a lot of pastors of smaller churches saying, oh, poor me, poor <laughs> me. You know, this church is taking advantage of me. I'm Look at, you know, my, my family comes before, you know, and all this. Okay, I get, I get that our families come before, our marriages should come before the ministry. I get that. But then you don't understand what you signed up for. Yeah. You know, understand there's sacrifice. I'm not going to, you know, I got... Three boys that, you know, Tammy and I raised, and they're in the ministry today. 
we made church fun. And we all worked hard together. That's part of culture. We're going to talk That's about that in the next culture. episode. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but it takes hard work. Well, it and, just takes the, hard work. The problem, too, is there's so many pastors that they watch this this preacher, that preacher, this preacher. And then there's certain like pastors, right, that their sermon goes viral on YouTube. They blow up. Their churches blow up. And everything looks like it's going to be so easy. Mm-hmm. It's not. Just to encourage you right now, yep. it is not easy to build yep. a healthy dynamic culture. Mm, it's no it takes, shortcuts. It takes work. It takes sacrifice. And as you guys said, it takes longevity and time. We hope that this helped you. Uh, this is the kind of the beginning of the conversation here. And uh, we're going to hit a part two. We're going to hit a part two Sounds because we, we really think that this needs to be something we continue talking about. This is kind of the intro of it all. Building a dynamic culture. Please, in the description, hit us up. You can uh, you can email us if you're listening to this as well. Equip at GWFamily.com. Calm. Thank you so much for being with us. I want to pray. Have us go out and pray. Would you pray over everybody here? Awesome. Lord, we just thank you, God, that we have the opportunity, dear Lord, to be used of you, no matter what level that may be. Maybe there's some business owners right now, dear God, that they have get, uh, been given an opportunity by you to be in their business. Uh, parents, God, uh, right now we've been given the opportunity to be parents, pastors, given the opportunity to be pastors. God, it is a privilege. So, Lord, we ask for that beautiful anointing upon all of us as we go about that thing that you have called us to. And, Lord, let us be fruitful. God, let us be con- staying connected through thick or thin to you, dear Jesus. In your precious name, amen. Amen. amen.